We're coming from Yom Tif, from Shoshana, from Kippur, from Sukkot, Shemini Atzeres, Simchas And the Shabbos, of course, as you know, is Shabbos Bereshis. Generally, we refer to a Shabbos by its parasha name. For example, Shabbos Bereshis, we usually say Shabbos Parshas Bereshis. And so with any other parasha, Parshas Nayak, Parshas Nechach, etc. Shabbos, as like we have Shabbos Shuva, and like we have Shabbos Hagodel, Shabbos Bereshis is known as Shabbos Bereshis. It's an entity of its own. <coughs> Excuse me. Shabbos Bereish is also always Shabbos Mivarch Machedish Chedish Marcheshvin. Marcheshvin, we know it's called Marcheshvin, Mar being bitter. One of the timing, one of the reasons it's explained is because there's no Yom Tevim in this month at all. The only month without any Yom Tev in it. And therefore, it's referred to as Marcheshvin. Obviously, also we would think of it since the month of Tishrei was so, so intense. And we've been through an entire month of Rosh Hashanah, of Yim Kippur, which was built up beforehand with Slichas the week before, or the month before, according to the traditions. And then the preparation of Sukkis, the purchasing of a Lulav and an Esrik. Ay, the things that people say in during Dvarim Betelim. The wife, we get a chassid, we get a chassidim, like most Pelisha chassidim, they have a meeting, they sit down with the girl and they talk for a few moments, they shake their heads, fathers shake their hands, and Zakh Mazatov. It's only later they start breaking plates over each other's heads. But that's the simcha. An hour time, you choose you, you chose your wife. The Yerachas goes to choose an essay, and it's four hours, five hours, six hours, taking it outside to the sun and to this and to the ends. He's checking from all sides. So the guy asks him, How long have you? Your wife you chose in one hour. She's your life partner. The essay takes you six hours. My wife had enough to take the show. Nobody has to see. Um, that would work only in Chesedish Island. The conservative island, of course, would have a problem with that. Uh, they sit next to their wives. <coughs> <laughs> 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 
Therefore, when it comes to the month of Cheshvan already, after the highlight of Sukkis, which is highlighted by Shemini Atzeres and Simchus at least in the Kutzlah, it's that way, it's a unwinding stage. Now those people that, um, after Yom Tov, of course, they go away on vacation for a week to recuperate from all that they went through with Yom Tov, especially when you are open house policy and you have Baruch Hashem, many guests. person needs a vacation to go away budget after Yom Tov. Um, it's almost understandable. But it comes ultimately, you're not on the same high that you were. <laughs> you're not on the same high that you were throughout the month of Tishrei. And therefore, right, this mar gets a little bitter. The person starts to feel withdrawal symptoms. Unfortunately, today's day and age, when the people are not being careful on some potato, Shmini Atzeres, and they're imbibing over too much, yes, yeah, some of them need to dry out the whole month. Uh, it's not the Mitzvah Yem. Mitzvah Yem of Adla Yoda is only on Purim. Actually, I don't even know where this starts. The custom of imbibing um Overdoing it, shall we say, let's say the least, in the drinks and the liquor, I don't know where that custom comes from, I don't know how that works. Because the fact is, the fact is that Simchas unlike uh, Shavuos, which is also technically a Simchas a holiday we celebrate the receiving of the Teda, but on Shavuos we sit and study all night. There's Tikkun Leil Shavuos, which is every part of Teda, Teda, Nevi'im, Ksuvim, Gimara, Mishni, Gimara, etc. Zaya. So the, on Shavuos, our Aveda is to actually involve ourselves with the study of Teda. Whereas on Simchas Teda, we celebrate with the Teda, we dance with the Teda, with a closed Teda. Wrapped up Teda, with its cover on, and we say, I love you, Teda, for what you are. And I'm dancing, and I'm rejoicing with Teda, as it is. Whether I'm a Talmud Chacham, whether I'm an average 
scholar, or whether I'm total ignoramus, whether I can barely even read the letter of the Teda, I am rejoicing with the Teda. If that's the case, and we don't even need Teda to make us happy, we don't even need the Teda to make us jump for joy and dance, because we're having the Teda actually closed, why would we need to do anything else to imbibe or anything of the other sort? We make Yiddish as every if we make Yiddish. If a person, and generally, the person doesn't get so freilach, shall we say, from drinking. The vast majority of the drinkers either fall asleep or get violent say things they regret afterwards. Nichnas Yain said. So, in simple words, Nyeznaya, I don't understand it. I don't know where it comes from exactly. I can't say there's nothing to it, because obviously everyone is doing it. Everyone's sitting down to the Kiddush for Shminyatzeres of Asim and it gets more and more elaborate. How much can I spend on a bottle of liquor? This bottle is costing, every shot you take is costing you, or costing me, $75. What did you pay for this bottle? It's not relevant. Every little Kalishka, 70. And you drink it, and guess what? It tastes like the $12 vodka. It has the same bitter flavor, but you have the connoisseurs. Oh my gosh! This is so smooth! It is so beautiful! It is so pure! It is so... Come on, Al-Islam, do me a favor. I'm not looking to hurt the liquor business. And I'm not telling anybody that shouldn't say the Chaim. And if you're going to say it on an expensive bottle because you bought a bottle of Shei Mitzvah and you want to do it behidur, Shechel, good for you. Good for you. If you bought it to tell people you're drinking $75 a shot, really, my kings, really. So Simchas Teda teaches us the closed Seyfetera, the one that I'm holding and dancing with, and I'm holding on to with my dear life. And everyone I pass kisses the Seyfetera. <laughs> Question was asked. Tell me, when I kiss the Seyfetera, do I kiss it with my hand or do I kiss it with my mouth? And the answer was a simple one. The hand is for giving tzedakah. The mouth is for kissing. 
if the problem becomes that you're going to give tzedakah with your mouth and kiss with your hand, oh, in vain. So we need to remember that the mitzvah is to show the entire kite, the endearment, the unconditional love that we have for the Sefer Teda, for Hashem's Teda, which this Teda is our marriage contract with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is what makes us HaKadosh Baruch Hu's betrothed. And with this, Klal Yisrael exists perpetually. And that is the lesson of Simchas Teda. Needless to say, Tanzen ain't alone to dance alone. This is as good as saying lechayim yourself. You can't exactly sit down with a cup of mashka and say lechayim to whom? Why? Why does lechayim require two people? A Jew in Yiddish Zayid. The word Chaim has two Yudin, two Yidin in the middle. And when two Yidin Taka come together with true Avas Yisrael and true dedication and love for one another, where they feel within their heart and soul they are connected, then we have the outer letters which are Ches and Mem which makes it warm. That brings warmth to the connection that the two Yidin have. And they need to understand that a person always has to follow with Siyata Dishmaya and has to always follow with Das Teira. And we have to know what does Teira tell us, what does Teira dictate, how do I behave myself according to Teira. And thereby, of course, coming through with this true, unconditional love for Teda and Rakadish Baruchu. Let us open the Teda. Beresh's Bara Alekim. And it was a an issue as we brought the, we spoke about the Gemara, the famous story of the Chachamim that were gathered by the Roman Emperor, and he put them in different rooms and he put they asked them to translate the Torah in Greek. One of the changes of translation that they did, which they all did simultaneously, although they were in different rooms, were taking the words Bereshis Bara Lekim and translating them Elekim Bara Bereshis. Instead of saying in the beginning God created, they wrote God created in the beginning. Why? 
so that it should not be misconstrued as to be smile at least when you walk by the camera should not be misconstrued one shouldn't think that Bereshis this concept of Bereshis Bora Elikim created God we know that that's not what it means when we learn the Tata we know Bereshis in the beginning before there was anything before there was a world, before there was a world of exi- anything of existence everything was what is it was nothingness But if you can describe what nothingness means, it's something. If you can depict or picture this in your mind's eye, what Tehavavay was before Hashem created the world, you're telling me there's an entity. There is something there. There was nothingness. something that the human mind cannot conceive. And that's why it's an amazing thing. Ask somebody, what are you thinking? And they don't want to tell you. So the answer is, nothing. And the answer to that is, if you're thinking nothing, you're dead. But the story goes of the two Yidin were talking and he asked them what are you thinking and he said nothing so he says it's not possible it's not possible you're thinking nothing so he says I'm telling you I'm thinking nothing so he says, David, you want to know what I'm thinking? He says, yes, true, please tell me. I'm thinking how much money you loan me for a short time. He looks at him and says, I don't even know you. I lend you my, I wouldn't lend you, I would lend you nothing. Aha, I'm thinking nothing. Give me a cup, please. Zaktan's the Tera. Bereshis Boralikim. And the Tera starts, thank you, to dictate, oops, sorry, the entire creation of the world, the six days of creation. And the Tera enumerates each day what was created. And ultimately, the Tera goes on to tell us a history lesson. I just talked about not drinking Ed Seltzer. Anyway, um, Terry goes on to tell us Adam Rishon was created and what happened in Gan Eden with the Chanachosh and what happened with 
one thing after the other the Torah talks about and talks about and talks about going into Noyach and going into the Mabel, going into the Madera Flogger, going into the birth of Avram Avinu and Yitzchak Avinu and Yaakov Avinu and Yaakov and Esav and all these stories that are written in the Torah. Not mentioning Tata. We said Tata is our lifeline. Tata is a way a, the way a yid has to live and exist. Das Tata is how a person can breathe, how a person can walk. But Tata mitzvahs. They're not mentioned. Not until Shemites, the second book of Exodus, where the Torah first mentions Hachoydesh Hazer Lachem Reish Chadashim, the first mitzvah mentioned actually for us in the Torah, the mitzvah of Reish Chadash. Although we know from Avram Avinu the mitzvah of Bris Mila, then we know the big seven Noahide laws. But as commandments of the 613 commandments, the first one mentions Chedesh Zalachem. Shail Akach Rabbi Yitzchok. The first Rashi Chumish Shemais. In Chumish Bereshis, thank you. Rashi asks a question in the name of Rabbi Yitzchok. And he says, Loi We didn't need to start talking about the Tera. Only from the midst of Rishchidish, Vachidish So what reason does the Tera only start with Bereshis Baralikim and with all this history and story? Teda is Lashon Heiro'o, a lesson, a life lesson, how we need to behave and act. Teda, I'm starting the cycle of Teda, because I'm still, I'm still because Teda, I finished and said Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazek on the fifth book, on Chumash Dvarim, and immediately I started again Teda. So if I'm starting again, Tata, I should be talking Tata. I should be talking something that's going to enhance our life lesson. The first lesson, being Rishchidosh. How the Eden are compared to the moon. How we go according to the lunar calendar. Tremendous mitzvahs discussing. <laughs> Why does Ashi not start with that? And Rabbi Yitzchok answers on this pasuk. This is a keach that was given, a strength that was given, told to his nation to give them inheritance of the other nations. 
impossible to breathe in here. Um, Sorry for a moment. We'll go here with this. And he explains if the nations will come later and tell the Jewish nation. Listimatem, you are thieves. Because you stole our land, you conquered the land of the seven nations. They will tell them, <coughs> The entire land belongs to Akadish Baruch who bora he created and gives it to the eyes of the ones that he feels deserve it. The ones that he wants to have it. And therefore, he gave it to begin with to the non Jewish nation. It's first time it's Wednesday, yes? First gave it to the non Jewish nation and now took it back from you and gave it to the Jewish nation. Therefore, we see from here that this was all about. It was all about to answer the non-Jews who will call the Jews listen thieves. Therefore, the Teda concerned that the non-Jews shouldn't have any kind of reason to call the Jews thieves. Jewish nation thieves. Therefore, the Teda changes the entire layout of the Teda and starts instead of Achidish Zelachem with Bereshis Baralikim. Honestly, we are so concerned with what the non Jew is going to say. Is his right to the land so strong that he can perhaps have something to say about the Jewish about the nation the land belonging to him so much so that we need to alter the Teda so that it comes out so that it proves itself so that he can he can be answered he can be put he can be silenced is that our concern? and for this we change the entire format of Teresh 
couldn't give an answer from Tereshe Balpeh. Had to be from Tereshe B'Ksav. It should be written in the Tereshe B'Ksav itself. We need to understand that the beginning of the Tereshe starting with Bereshus is not just for the nations, but to the Jews themselves an answer. Not just the non-Jews should hear but there's many lessons to the actual Jewish nation. And for that reason, the Teda alters its beginning. The boundaries of a Jew are divided in two parts. Chaya Teda V'mitzvahs The life of Teda mitzvahs. The Chayyachulim and the mundane life. We perhaps can understand when Tere Mitzvahs of a Jew, that a Jew ex- completes the Tere Mitzvahs like these and others, <coughs> this is something that's taxing on the Das, on the mind. But when I tell you your personal life needs to be also involved totally with godliness, when I tell you everything that you do, every drichas regal, every shrit and trit, every breath you take, every breath you breathe, needs to have siyata dishmaya in it, you step back and you say, Excuse me, how is that possible? You want to tell me when I daven, I have to believe in God, I have to be with God. When you tell me to learn Torah, I have to believe in God. When I'm doing a mitzvah, putting on children, lighting a Shabbos candle, whatever it might be, okay, I have to be involved totally with God. In my mundane life, in my emotions, in my feelings, in my thought pattern, I need to constantly be thinking about God. I need to infuse everything with godliness. Where is this going? You're invading my privacy. It's good for you. You want to say that you are a God-fearing person. And you have siyata deshmaya, and you believe everything that God's wonderful, good for you. You can't impose that on me. You can't push that on me. You can't force that on me. You can talk to me about it. You can give me different ideas of how to infuse it in my life. But as we say to you, simply easier said than done. Therefore, this taina, this complaint, listim atem, you are thieves. Shekivashtem shivas goyim that you conquered the seven nations' lands. The mundane life that belongs to the seven nations. This reference is reference to the life of the Jew, the mundane lifestyle of the Jew. Physical, personal. 
the way I act physically and the way I act personally between myself and others. Don't push it. How can you insist? How can you interject that this be the life? That this be all spiritual and godliness? And that's where the answer comes in. Everything belongs to God. There is no separation between lifestyle of Teda and Mitzvahs to the physical lifestyle. Every form of life needs to be infused and completed and followed with the Word of God. However, unfortunately, the person gives over their daily life to the man, to the hand of man. And therefore we are told, don't leave it in a mundane fashion. You need to conquer it, and God will take it from this plateau and put it on the higher plateau of spirituality. This therefore separation between the life of, of holiness and the life of mundane is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually infuses and establishes. HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually makes these boundaries. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is asking us to in, put together, to blend the two, to blend in Kedusha into our mundane life. In my wa- I wanted to give this to them for the regular to live. But I also want to take it from them that they should make it into the format of Kedusha. And when a person takes his mundane life and elevates it into Kedusha, he then is materializing God's yearning and making the Kedusha also into this physical mundane world. Story is told, a fellow named Yaakov, who was the Talmud of the Bashem HaKadosh. And he was a very influential fellow. He was a very affluent fellow. And he had pretty good connections with the hierarchy. People knew him, knew him to be a mensch. And he was the Rasha Kol of Bohemia. He was the head of the community, the Jewish community. One day, he's sitting in his office or study, and this very well-dressed dignitary comes into his office, 
And he looks up at the man, he doesn't recognize him. And he reaches out his hand to give him Shalom Aleichem. And he asks him, Mayim Bosa, where are you coming from? Who are you? And the man answers him, it's not relevant. It's not, it's, a, it's not for you, to, you don't need to know this. What are you doing here? What would you, what do you want? And the man says, I need a loan. I need a loan. 500 gulden. It's a king's ransom. King's ransom he wants. The man looks at him and says, Is that real? I mean, I have no idea who you are. Do you have collateral? Do you have uh, guarantors? Anything that's going to back up this loan? I don't even know your name. And you won't give it to me. No. I have nothing. I need a loan. Rabbi Yaakov believed very firmly in Das Teda. And even more so, the word of his Rebbe. So he told the man, give me a day. And he went to Mezhibuz. And he came to the Basham HaKadosh. And he told the Basham to the story. Basham says, Give it to him. Give it to him. Let me give you a paper that he owes you his money. But he's not going to sign. He doesn't want to tell him his name. It's fine. Use the Baal Shem Tov as a guarantor, but the Rebbe says he did. No, a short while later, the bishop of the area decided that he was going to expel the Jews from the, the entire region. And he rowed up against the Jews and the decree was put down. Immediately Rabbi Yaakov ran to the Bashem Kodesh. And Bashem said the truth is that such a decree by the bishop and everything else the only one that can override this is the Pope. In Rome. Travel to Rome, go to the Pope, and convince him. Chassid was mortified. She wasn't allowed to walk in the streets of Rome. The Rebbe said, the Rebbe Gehesen, nothing to do. And so he took to the journey, disguised himself as much as he could. And he came a few days later across to the next port. 
and he got himself upset. Don't keep with the wagon with the vegetables and mefart. All of a sudden, he goes by a little village and he sees people screaming and yelling. And the guy runs over to him and looks at him and says, "Yeah, this man is a Jew." And they start pelting him with rocks and vegetables, and the the mob is ready to. And he says, "Okay, I'm saying Shema Yisrael." The Rebbe's Indian is going to be accomplished for me dying of Mekidish Hashem. Suddenly this nobleman comes along and starts to scream at the other, but he backs off. He looks in, he says, it's a Jew. He's mine. I'm going to deal with him. Takes out his sword. He says, let's go, March. The poor Yidin Abach, Chosar is marching to his death. He marches and he marches and he says, tells him, turn right, turn left. They long lost the crowd. And he walks into this path and he comes to the palace. They go into the palace. And Yaakov is expecting this way he's going to shake them. And he hears the man sheath his sword, put it back in its cover. And he tells him, turn around please. And he turns around and he puts his hands on Yaakov's shoulder. He says, don't you remember me? looks, blinks, looks. This is one minute. Do I, don't I owe you 500 gulden? If I can remember this 500 gulden from years ago. He wasn't even, he had given up on it a long time. You're the one. I borrowed it. You saved my life. He says, Why are you here? And Yaakov tells him the story. And he needs to meet with the Pope. Huh. You came to the right address, my friend. I'm very well connected. I have my connections. I know a person that knows a person. And we're going to get you a meeting with the Pope tomorrow. And Kachava, the next day, he's sitting with the Pope. And he tells the Pope the story of the, na- of the entire nation that's been, the entire Bohemia. And the Pope turns around to all the Galachim and says, okay, we have to nullify this. We have to nullify it. No. They're very start screaming. Why? How can we do that? 
the Jews are infidels. So he says, you know what? Let's open one of our scriptures that talks about all the blood libels and all the things that the Jews did. And let's see from there. And we'll see what it reads. And they open up to a story, and the guy starts to read out, and he's telling them, oh, this and this Jew was caught and was sentenced because he poisoned the waters of the church. Ah, that's it. That's what the Psaki is now. He said, no, no, let him finish. And he continues reading. But it was, he was innocent, it was all a frame-up. Ah, says the Pope. We go according to our scriptures or we don't. We go according to our scriptures. The scriptures read that he was innocent. And therefore, so be it. And they were shocked. But they had no choice. And the decree was nullified. And the fellow says, come, let's go back to my house. And they go back to the man's house. And they um, sit to talk. And this man says to him, let me tell you my story, my friend. And he opens the drawer, and he takes out the 500 ruble. He takes out the 500 ruble, or dun, whatever they were, and he gives them back the money. And he says, um, truthfully, According to the way of the world, I borrowed 500, but I have it for a certain amount of time. Um, I can't pay you interest. Why can't I pay you interest? He starts to get very emotional. And he starts to cry. And he says, because I'm a Yid, I'm a Jew. Now let it borrow an interest. What? And he says, I'll tell you what happened. I had a very poor family. I came, I grew up in a very poor family. And finally we ended up moving to France. I don't know how, why. And there I came into not very good friends. And it went from bad to worse. And I just left everything. I went off and I did my thing. Boy, the day came. Sorry. And 
I found my home. I found a place to live by a duke. And my mazel, the duke gave me a very good job. <clears throat> Paid me very well. So I was making good money there. To my mazel, the duke was a single man. And when he died, an old man, he left me inheritance, everything. So as much, much money as I had made before, now it's even richer. However, I made my fair share of friends, and of course, my fair share of enemies. And my fair share of enemies took to the streets. They paid people, they bribed people to say things, to do things. I got arrested as a revolutionary. It was not a, not a very simple situation. Then finally, a few of my friends came to the rescue and they got me out on whatever, on bail, whatever it might have been. I had to mortgage everything I owned to the T and with that money I was pretty much able to pay everything off the fine that I was given and everything but I was missing 500 golden <coughs> so I told them told the courts to give me a little time they said fine I'm going to travel and I went back to France nobody recognized me nobody knew who I was and I roamed the streets I didn't make anything One afternoon, I was walking the streets, and I heard from a building the blasts of the Shafer. It was Rosh Hashanah. And the blast of the Shafer drew me. It pulled me. It called to me. And I went into the shul. And I took a talus and I put it on my head. And I cried like I never cried before. Asking for forgiveness from HaKadosh Baruch Begging and pleading. Because I knew this is where I belonged. Finished davening. And this man came over to me saw me a broken Jew and I told him my story I told him how now I realized how wrong I was I told him how desperate I was for 500 gulden and he told me to go to visit the Holy Balsham HaKadosh I went to the Balsham <coughs> And I cried my heart out by the Baal Shem Tov and I said, Rebbe, please, please teach me how to do tshuva. Do me a favor. Take these two dollars, go to the pushka by the window there, take up 200 pennies, put it in the glass. Oh, okay. How do I do tshuva? 
Shansa, not yet. Not yet. For right now, your tshuva, your Aveda, is to go back to where you came from. Back to France or Italy, wherever, Italy. So, but I need 500 gulden. So he says, you go to Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov will give you. And the Bible, you go back to Italy and you practice Yiddishkeit quietly. But you're not ready yet to do Jewa. Rebbe, how will I know? When will I know that my Jewa is ready? He starts to cry harder. Vashemta says, when you save an entire Jewish community, you know that your Jewa was accepted. So now he tells Rabbi Yaakov, now that I saved the entire Jewish community, I know my tshuva was accepted, I can go back to the Vashem HaKadosh, and I can practice the way I want to practice, I can be the way I want to be, and that's also of course why I can't pay you back with your ribas, with any kind of interest. We don't always see that beautiful outcome. We oftentimes have questions what it was. Tells us HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you should know everything I do is Tayv Ma'id. And that's how the Parsha Bayara Lekim as Kolashet Osa Hinei Tayv Ma'id. Although the Yomar and Sanhedrin, if you keep his score at home, the beginning of the top of Ahmed Bey's, the second side of Taflamet Ches, 38, tells us that at that day, the Eitzad Das, the story of how Adam Rishon was thrown out of Gan Eden, that day was the sixth day of creation, and all the things that went about that happened that day, and still on that day it says, Tev Me'id. And it gets even stronger. Tev is the Yetzir Tev. Ma'id is the Yetzir Hara. Or better yet, we find in B'nai Shisraba, Tev is the Malach HaChayim, and Ma'id is the Malach HaMoves. How? Yetzir Hara, the Malach HaMoves. Where is the Tev Ma'id? Where is the very good? This is the bottom line what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to show us. Everything that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created is even the worst, the Yitzhahara and the Malach HaMavis has good within him. And this is ultimately a person cannot achieve Tshuva if they didn't do an Aveda. And what happens if you keep score at home, the Gemara Pevova Medbez, 86 side 2, in Mesechtis Yuma tells us that when a person does tshuva, his avedis, all the things that he did that were culpable for him, now become merits, instead of standing up against him. And this is how we see that the tachlis of good, 
the full good that God gives us. And God gives it, and therefore it's only good, as hard as it might be. Although you wanted something so much, and you anticipated it to happen, and it doesn't come through, it hurts. It hurts. But it's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore it's good. And therefore we have to love the one above. And this is how even the Yitzhahara, even the Malach HaMavis, adds to our goodness, to our kindness, and to our Avedis Hashem, so that ultimately, this Shabbos Bereshis, as we bench the month of Cheshvan, it will no longer be a bitter month, because it will be the month, the first full month, that will host Mashiach Tzidkenu, Baratzenu HaKdoshah, Shabbat Shalom to all.